Welcome to Technado. Featuring sysadmin expert Don Pizzette, security specialist Daniel Lowry, and Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado. I'm your host Peter Van Rysam and I am joined by our usual crew here today. We have Don Pizzette. Don, how you doing? I am doing great. You know, sometimes we have a slow news week and it's, you got to pick you know, just the right articles, things we know we can talk about. This week, so much stuff has happened. It was insane. I had a real hard time paring down what we're going to talk about. So much so that you didn't. We've got, we've got a, <laughs> we do have a more lot. articles than ever. We'll see what happens. articles. Record-setting articles. <laughs> Daniel, how are you doing? I'm looking forward to the marathon sprint here of Technado where we do 17 articles. Well, a marathon and a sprint. Yep. At the same, yeah. You're going to run a marathon at, at full sprint. sprint. Oh, this is yes. going to be a problem. <laughs> you know what right. usually happens? there's people that can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet there's some superhuman out there that can make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Olympians. Yeah. yeah. People like that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, before we even get to all those uh, those articles, we want to actually look back. Last week, we talked about LastPass. We spent uh, really uh, half of the show talking about uh, that breach and kind of the fallout from it. And uh, I spent the, all the time since then updating passwords. Um, but we did have a ton of comments uh, from all of you uh, on our, our YouTube post of about that with uh, with some more information, some um, some helpful insights and your own experiences. We wanted to kind of talk, talk through a couple of them because there were a couple that kind of clarify some things we, we talked about. So, Don, you've, you've yeah. pulled some of the best. So, yeah, I, I grabbed a few things. The, the first thing I want to lead with is we, we did have a, a factual error in our reporting last Uh-oh. time. I know that's never happened. Just one? <laughs> <laughs> that's never happened. better. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a couple of users, um, Sarbuk uh, was one, I think the first one that I noticed, and Whistle, there were a couple of other uh, YouTube users that posted uh, that in the LastPass disclosure, we had indicated that the usernames for accounts were unencrypted, uh, and it turns out the usernames are actually encrypted. So uh, I'll quote Sarbuck here where he said, uh, the username field is encrypted, so that's something, but still not great. <laughs> and your comments about phishing still very much apply. Uh, so it's it's uh, a little bit better, I suppose. Your notes field, your password field, your username field is actually encrypted. And uh, would they have your email from another field, potentially? It's possible. Uh, you know, a lot of websites are really good about not having your email or your username in the URL. Yeah. But any website that has it in the URL, that the URL absolutely was in plain text. And so that one's a, a challenge. Okay. And uh, and we have some other comments in a minute here, which will tell you why, like the phishing side of things is still very, uh, very possible. But uh, but yeah, so a little bit, a uh, little bit better, I guess. Does it like cost money to encrypt things or like what if you're going to encrypt <laughs> some of it you're, you're going to be like well encrypt this stuff but we can't afford to encrypt all the rest of the data in this file so normally uh, yes you know you have to take cpu powered encrypt things right but in this case lastpass always encrypts stuff on your own machine before you upload it so it's your so own it's, cpu it's power. your own cpu the problem though uh, comes into how their plugin works like their browser integration they need to be able to match the url to what's in the database and so on and so they made the choice to speed things up by not encrypting that URL. That's a choice they made. They, they could have encrypted it. It wouldn't have been a bigger burden. But there you go. That's where we're at. That's the corner they chose to cut. Yep. <laughs> now, uh, uh, Sarbuck, he, he actually had another comment that is real important. I mentioned that I could not find out when the actual breach occurred. And LastPass has not gone out of their way to release it. Well, he found out that if you submit a support ticket to them, they'll actually tell you. So you have to ask for it. Uh, otherwise, they're like, well, you never asked. Uh, so he found out, and they did reveal that it's actually worse than what I thought. Um, I said the breach could have occurred as far back as November. The breach uh, where they stole the vaults actually occurred on September 22nd. That means your vaults, if you're a LastPass customer, your encrypted vault has been in the hands of attackers for three months. And, and three months before LastPass came out and told you that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Don, but that sounds bad. That does sound bad, doesn't it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess maybe they could make the argument, like with GDPR, where you're supposed to notify people in three days, uh, they could make the argument that maybe it was written in European and they thought it was months. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it possible that they didn't know they were hacked? It is possible. That would be a really bad look for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially well, the with the average other breach. amount of time that it takes for a breach discovery is over 200 days. Yep. There you go. So they're under. 
Congrats, last pass. <laughs> you did it. Good for them. Uh, but yeah, so that's 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 bad. That certainly paints a bad picture for them. But three months, uh, September 22nd, for those of you that, like me, that were wondering, a uh, big thank you to uh, Starbuck for providing that. Uh, there was another comment that came in, and this one I thought was really super interesting. Peter actually pointed this one out to me from user Anorax. Uh, I didn't look up what Anorax means. So Sounds like something from uh, Ready Player One. Right? If you're having a hard time yeah, yeah. sleeping, you know, Anorax like, might be right. Ask your doctor if Anorax yeah. is right yeah. for you. Side effects are rare, but <laughs> include. But fatal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but fatal, yeah. Every time. <laughs> so uh, he said, and you know, I'll just sure quote you'll him. be part of that 30% that doesn't die. Yeah. Um, he, uh, unlike me, his iterations were at 100,100, the, the default. My iterations were at 6,120 <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, but his, he said, uh, I ran my 12-character random LastPass master password, which had 100,100 iterations on my RTX 4090. Apparently, Anorex has... Uh, uh, has a lot of money. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so on his RTX 4090, using one of the better open source password crackers, and it cracked my LastPass password at the 63-hour mark. Complex master passwords are useless if the password vault gets stolen. So 63 hours on a, albeit expensive, consumer-grade video card, that's really telling. Right yeah, what, what's 63 hours from September 22nd? Uh, yeah. September 25th. Do the math, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when all my stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Was locked. No, wait. My password was shorter than his. So do. <laughs> I mean, it does kind of bring up the the point now is do we now still consider a twelve character password complex and strong, or do we now bump it up? Yeah, um, and depending on how it's stored, does that necessarily? Well, I guess it does still matter. Right. Um, and if yeah. you're using a password manager to basically generate all your passwords. Shouldn't you just set like a default of, you know, 25? Yeah, why not? You know, something, 30, something whatever long. the case yeah. is, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised to see that. I, I made the comment last week that if you were the attacker, if I was the attacker. I know this is the master password, by the way. I'm just okay. generally, yeah, yes. You have to create a good, strong password yourself for that. And and, and if you do a password phrase, that's really right. not a hard that's thing to do. It's not a hard thing to do. Yeah. But, uh, but I made the comment that if I was the attacker and I had access to all these vaults, I'd be looking for the high-value vaults, right? Yes. If I could find President Biden in there, yeah. right, then that's who I'm going to go for. I'm going to look for the high-value targets. Uh, or if there was a way to identify LastPass administrators, that kind of thing. Well, they probably did that three months ago. <laughs> And so you fast forward to today, and that's when they're bored and just saying, yeah. here, I'll sell Let's chunks of this passwords. on the dark web, yeah. and, and you know, random people can try it. So even if you're a, a nobody like, like me, then you now become potentially vulnerable. So That's uh, fun. Yeah, that's a good time. Sad day. And I, I need to get an RTX 4090, apparently. I wonder if I can make that a business expense. Like, yeah. I needed it to benchmark. Hey, listen, crack we, we do password cracking shows here at IT Pro. What does something like that run? That's just the graphics card, just right? Saying. That's just the graphics what, card. What does yeah. that run? So you run, um, you might talk about money-wise or? Yeah. Oh, I, what are they running out? Uh, a 4090, I think, creeps up close to $2,000. Yeah. That's, the the 4080 is $1,500. What's the one I posted the article about that hackers were so making it, it cheaper now? Uh, I think that was the 4080. Oh, okay. So this one's even better. Uh, I in my computer at home, I have a RTX 2060. So I'm <laughs> a couple of generations behind. <laughs> Apparently, I need to step up my game here. <laughs> so if, if I'm the hacker, if I've stolen your passwords, don't worry, you got more time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you still run open the eye, Don, with that garbage in your machine. Embarrassing. <laughs> uh, it might be time to upgrade. Yeah. Uh, it just runs fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there were some some funny ones too that made. Oh laugh. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did set aside some funny ones. There were a couple of comments that I liked. Uh, Mike Reese, I think, had one of my favorites where he said, uh, "SMH, FML, and I'm SOL with LastPass and every other abbreviation the kids use." <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good password, actually. Password I'm not familiar phrase. with SMH. So much uh, hate. Oh, no, okay. shaking my head. Shaking my head. Yeah. Oh, I like, thought it was so much hate. No, because then they'll, it'll be you'll see SMDH, which uh, is shaking my dang head. Uh, oh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. So dang. much dang hate. <laughs> well, I learned something new today. Yeah. SMH. You think LOL is lots of love? It isn't. Laugh out loud. <laughs> no, I saw a thing about like a woman's <laughs> mother sent her. You know, Aunt Patty died. LOL. Wow. Oh, so yeah, I, I thought that meant lots, lots of, of love. love. Yeah. 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 My condolences. Yeah. LOL. Good to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've been using it wrong all this time. Uh, but my my absolute favorite, and I, I I know when people submit on our website, we can send them swag. If we can figure out who this person is, we should send it. Um, but it was a YouTube user, It's Only Me. 
make it easy to track down who that is, um, said that they're changing the company name. The new company name is Lost Pass, ah. <laughs> which I thought was pretty witty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. have the soundboard anymore. but uh, Yeah, so thank you for all of your feedback and, and educating us and each other on uh, on what's happened. And, and obviously it's something that, that we'll continue to, to stay on top of as new details do emerge. So, uh, yeah, that was a... A fun one, fun discussion. All right, well, uh, the first thing we want to get into this week is uh, CES, the computer or con- Consumer Electronics Show, took place last week in uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada, as it always does in that first week of the year. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a thing. Um, uh, you know, it's where all the drones come out and uh. all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, we went... Several years back, probably like 2016 or something like yeah, that. What was the rule I made? It was no, no drones. No drones and no TVs? Um, or no, it was something else. There were some. There were three things that I had to ban. Yeah. I forget what they all VR? were, but it might have been VR. Yeah. It, it is the consumer electronic show. We, yeah. we normally try and focus on sysadmin, netadmin, relevant news. So, But there are some devices that come out of CES each year that are a little more relevant to what we do as IT people. So. Yeah, because all the all the laptop manufacturers come mm-hmm. out with stuff, and so uh, you know, yes, they're for consumers, but they're also you know for business use. So so you'll see a lot of that stuff. But yeah, a lot of a lot of technology uh, you know gets its its first debut there. One of the um, the biggest uh, things that were was released this year at CES was COVID. Uh, <laughs> uh, from what I, I read, I actually read an article this was morning. There and it was like, yeah, there's there was a breakout. So mm. so that's fun. Uh, so if your friends went to CV, uh, CES or, or they should go to CVS, they <laughs> should yeah. go to CVS right across uh, the street. Yeah, it's right by there. Uh, but let's take a look at these articles. Um, we'll we'll kind of jump through these. The first one is from TheVerge.com. Uh, Asus debuts an impressive glasses-free 3D display on its new VivoBook Pro, and uh, I remember that was the knock on on 3D uh, TVs a lot was that well you've got to get these glasses so you know if you invite a bunch of people over you got to have enough and all that but first of all uh, why are we doing 3D on a on a computer but second of all how are they how are they doing that without glasses yeah so this this technology is not new. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the Nintendo 3DS yeah, a little ago. Oh, yeah. Super cool device. So it had glasses-free 3D, and, and it, it's not like full-blown, you're watching Avatar no. in a theater But it's actually thing. really cool. Like, it looks really good. Yeah, it, it, it does some work. some depth, yeah. basically. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's apparently terrible for children. Uh, if your eyes are still <laughs> developing, it's supposed yeah. to be really bad for them. Perfect. But uh, but for adults, your eyes are already yeah. bad, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's an interesting idea. You're absolutely right. Most people sh- shunned 3D TVs because they didn't want glasses. If you had five people over watching TV, you'd have five sets of glasses, yeah. and that's not realistic. Uh, but on a single-user device like the, the Nintendo handheld, or in this case, a laptop... It's a single user, a single point of focus, and so they can actually implement this. Uh, and they do it through a, uh, a lenticular lens. Um, if you remember those stickers you had when you were a kid, you can yeah. kind of turn them side to side and the mm-hmm. dinosaur moved. That's how this works, except it's a dynamic picture. And you can do 3D content specifically made for this, or you can just take anything that's 3D. If it has 3D support in it, it can render it, and it does it at, I want to say it was 120 hertz? Um 120 hertz. 120 hertz, yeah. which is is decent, uh, not not great. You know, some of those 3D TVs were were up at higher levels, 240 hertz and higher. Uh, 120 hertz is decent, and they have to do that to kind of keep the price point down and the heat and battery consumption, which has to be through the roof. But uh, but it's it's a neat gimmick. I don't think it'll catch on. I don't think mm, we'll see this no. around a year from now. And there have been some other vendors that have tried it, but it does show that there's some some powerful stuff that could be done if people really wanted it. Yeah, I think it's one of those where they're solving a problem that, that doesn't exist. I don't think people are like, God, I wish I wish this PowerPoint were three D. Yeah. Uh, I mean maybe in, in certain gaming scenarios, and they do mention in the article, you know, a couple of uh of, of gaming setups and stuff uh that they've they've played with it. But yeah, I I, I just you mentioned the 3DS, and now all I can think of is the Virtual Boy and how bad that was. Yeah. Right. It was giving people like massive headaches. You couldn't, it wasn't really portable. And then you could buy some weird strap to fix it to your head so you didn't have to put it on the stand. It was just so, it was a great idea that was so poorly executed. Yeah. I mean, you could argue it was before its time, but I don't yeah, think it nah. ever had a time. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of people that are making like handhelds out of the old virtual boy systems so you can at least have a hand and you can 
with a set of glasses, get the 3D effect mm. out of them, I think. So you mentioned those, those stickers. Uh, is this the same kind of uh, concept where, because those had ridges. Mm-hmm. So is that like kind of what's happening under the, the glass? It, almost definitely. And I I haven't had one in my hands to be able to disassemble it and see, but it, it, it almost definitely has that. It probably under another sheet of plastic to make it feel flat. Mm. Uh, I didn't see if it was a touchscreen. That would be impressive mm. if, it was, if it was 3D and a touchscreen. But uh, haptic feedback gloves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I'd get it if it wasn't under another piece of glass because I did love like scratching those stickers. Like <laughs> what is Peter it sniffing is. his screen? <laughs> yeah, yeah scratching, sniffing. Yeah. You're halfway through a meeting and yeah. Peter's over there. And <laughs> zip, 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 yeah. zip, now, if anyone released a scratch and sniff uh, screen display, <laughs> yeah, if you could scratch the that's apple, do we have that headline? No, they didn't yeah, do that yet. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, smell of vision. Smell of vision. That's it. Yeah, and I. We keep I'm hoping. Not looking forward to that day. <laughs> nothing. Welcome to the fart that. channel. Yeah, <laughs> all farts. I mean, all basically, the time. unless you're watching like the cooking channel, that's that's true. Nothing good. Do you remember in Futurama where uh, the professor had made the giant telescope that was a yeah. smelloscope? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's take a look at a, another laptop. Um, well, we're kind of a, a hybrid device here uh, from Tom's Hardware. A Lenovo Yoga Book 9i has two 13-inch OLED screens. It's like the Surface Neo we never had. And uh, and the photo they have here, it looks really cool because they. I'm used to kind of seeing the yoga in tent mode, mm. uh, but they're showing it as like kind of just laying it flat and putting both monitors up and then a keyboard at the bottom, which gives you you know, dual monitor on a laptop, which is kind of a cool cool way to configure it. Yeah, it's uh, it's strange. And for our, our listeners who don't get to see the pictures, uh, it is, it, it's a dual monitor laptop, but imagine the dual monitors not side by side horizontally like you'd expect, but vertical, one stacked on top of the other. Uh, if you were to take a normal laptop, you'd have a screen up at the top, and then on the bottom, you've got your keyboard and touchpad, right? Mm-hmm. They've effectively replaced the keyboard and touchpad with another screen. So that other screen can be used as a touch keyboard, but we I think we all know that sucks, right? Yes. That touch keyboards are terrible. Um, the touchpad goes away because it's a touch screen, so you can just tap with your finger. You don't need a touchpad anymore. Uh, and so we've, we've seen other vendors do that. I think Asus did that a year or two ago. Uh, but where they've gone a step further is they've added a physical keyboard. It's like a third panel that's basically half the size of one of the screens. And you can set it up where the keyboard is flat on the table, but then you've got a 13-inch screen standing up like normal and a 13-inch screen above that giving you like a, a really tall vertical view. Wait, which How does that not tip over? There's got to be there's something There's a special it. stand. Okay. Yeah. I got to say. I think it's not something you take on the road. It might not have been Tom's hardware. One of the one of the sites right had there? a picture of the stand. That's a small stand, but yeah, there there is a stand for it okay. that makes it able to do that. Um, yeah, you have to keep your hands on it at all times. <laughs> oh, is it is this it here? Is it that thing? I, I, I don't. Know. That doesn't look no. tall enough. But maybe it's hard to tell in the pictures. Thing. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a neat idea. I I've seen some of these where the screen is on the bottom, and I've always just kind of shoot them off because I knew touch keyboards are a nightmare. Mm. Uh, what they need to do is three screens. So you've got the screen on the front, the screen on the bottom, in case you want to just watch something big and use it in tablet mode, and then you flip it over, and there's a screen with a with a keyboard, so you could use it that way too. <laughs> all all screens. all screens all the time. Yeah, I want to be able to pull screens out of the sides, Those, of the top. Yeah, I want like arms that articulate out, and then I can attach more screens. Right, exactly. I want, like seventeen screens. Yeah, like each key articles. on the keyboard yeah. is a screen. Is a screen <laughs> individually. That would work. <laughs> it's its own screen. One day we're gonna get to where. Uh, this would be down the road, right? Yeah. Where basically you get these eye implants that are like the fly, where it's oh, all yeah. the, you got a thousand different screens yeah. in your eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like exhibit. I heard you like screens. <laughs> Put screens on your screen. We will get right. there one day. Fantastic. We well, open. Lenovo was not done there, according to the good people at Ars Technica. They did. The Lenovo Tab Extreme takes on the iPad Pro complete with Magic Keyboard clone. And uh, and this tablet really does uh, look like an iPad Pro in, <laughs> in the way it's it's kind of configured there. But is this something, is this running Android or uh, or Microsoft? The tablet? Uh, yeah. So it has a Snapdragon processor in it, which means it's capable of running Android or Windows, but it does ship with Android. Okay. Yeah, so they, they've designed it specifically for Android. And it's got the Lenovo Precision Pen 3 with it. 
So it's interesting. Uh, Android tablets have been in a really weird spot for a long time. Uh, Asus did a really good job years ago with the Asus Transformer tablet. Uh, and then Google had their Pixel tablet for a while, or a Pixel C, I think is what it was called, or something like that. Uh, and then after that, Google just kind of abandoned tablets. And for the last five years, Samsung has been putting out some various tablets, but nobody's really stepped in and created a good Android tablet. Well, yeah, Amazon's had like the Kindle Fire, but that's been like a super cheap kind of like the kid yeah. tablet. Yeah. And like, it's a, you get them on fire sales and yeah, like 40 like, bucks. Exactly. For, yeah. It's a weird bastardized version of Android. Yeah. I don't even know if it has the Play Store on it or yeah, not. Yeah, it does I not. I had to hack it store, to put right? it on there. Yeah. 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 I have one. I, I was like, 40 bucks? Why not? Yeah, let's see what this <laughs> thing can do. Yeah. And that's actually, I can run some retro gaming on it. And that was kind of hmm. fun. It's fun. like N64 and uh, some previous games. So that's uh, why I hacked it and put the Google Play Store on it. Yeah. And threw Brave Browser on there <laughs> and a couple other apps that it's not supposed to have. And. <laughs> Take that, Amazon. That's You're not like, getting your ad money. That's right. Plus, I <laughs> shut off all the ads. Oh, yeah. That's step one. Because <laughs> that's why it's 40 bucks. Right. Because it does. You but you can you turn ads on the lock screen. Yeah. yeah. So in this case, though, it is, it's pretty rare to see a high-end Android tablet. So if you're somebody who's been jonesing for one, here's an option for you. But to Peter's point, if you look at this in the marketing presentation they put out that has the tablet in horizontal mode stuck on a keyboard, it literally looks, I mean, almost identical to an iPad on the Magic Keyboard. Um, it, it's obvious. They must have gotten an attorney yeah. to come in and they, design this to say, all right, how do we modify it just enough to not get sued? How much do we have to They change? found the uh, lawyer unicorn that also knows, yeah. like, design. <laughs> yeah. So I remember when Samsung got sued years and years ago, Apple took them to court, and there was this funny moment in there where uh, the judge is holding a Samsung tablet and an iPad side by side and asks Samsung's attorney to tell him which one is the Samsung tablet, <laughs> and the attorney couldn't do it. Nice. Oh, and, wow. And I made fun of that attorney so much there's because... there's Apple on the back of it? Yeah. Well, so the... <laughs> had to be in a case, right? The iPad at the time had a very visible home button on yep. the front, mm. and the Samsung tablet didn't. So, like, it was very obvious I, yeah. I could identify it. Well, I don't know that I could identify it with this one if, if it was turned off. Does the Pro have a home... Or the button? It doesn't Not have anymore. Any anymore. No. Yeah. And they have USB-C ports now, just like this, right. and the speaker holes and Speakers all. Speakers on I the mean, bottom. It, it looks... And it's not yeah. like uh, rounded like it was at the bottom anymore. That's it's more uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's squared off, squared. So it's uh, it's kind of shocking here. But if if you're interested in a Android tablet, but you like the design of an, of an iPad, iPad, then this one's going to be a winner for you because it's a total rip. <laughs> Interesting. Well, shut up and take my money. <laughs> so, but, uh, speaking of money, it says it's a laptop sized tablet with a laptop sized price tag. And uh, where is it? Uh, Eleven ninety nine. Well, I think that's about it's, it's a fourteen point five inch display, which is a little bit bigger than the iPad, uh, and the iPad pricing is up pretty significant lately. Now the question uh, is, does this come with the keyboard? Yeah. Or is that uh, because if it were Apple, you know, the keyboard separate, the uh, the pen separate, the pencil in the in in Apple's case, uh, so so the, that price is just going to go up. But um, yeah, they're like, hey. It's uh, if it's gonna look like it, why not make money like it? So we will see if this does. And did we have one more? We had one more from CES or as well. So this yeah, one, the cool one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> one is from Engadget. Um, MSI made a router with antennas that follow you around your house. And after this, it says there's no excuse for having slow Wi-Fi at home. And this <laughs> thing looks like I don't know some sort of like alien device that was flown down. It made me think of Halo. Oh, right, yeah, the video game yeah, Halo, you yeah. know, Master Chief, and you're yeah. running around, and, there's alien, and the aliens hide behind something, and, and it's this Asus router. Uh, or not <laughs> Asus, MSI. Yeah. It's an MSI router. <laughs> it, it looks bizarre, like something out of a spaceship. Uh, most home wireless routers, well, I was about to say something stupid, all home wireless routers have antennas, right? They, <laughs> they need that to function. Uh, and those antennas are directional, but we don't normally worry about it. They give us a strong enough strength through our homes to to be able to work. Is that why you have so many on a lot of, because they're directional, so we've got one pointing each way? That That's one part of it, yes. Uh, but the other part is that an antenna can only send or receive data at once. It can't do both at the same time. Oh, okay. So the more antennas you have, the more people can simultaneously. Yeah, because they look like spiders, yeah. so many of them. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, this one... 
I wouldn't say spider. What what does this look like? Um, looks like a ship. I yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it looks like wings. It's, it's like up? wings yeah. that are facing up. So it has these massive antennas that are mounted on it, and they move. They turn. And so because it's got more than one antenna, it can triangulate the location or at least the direction of devices on the network, and it can move the antennas to be pointing in the most optimal direction to service those devices. So it will literally follow you as you move around your home, ensuring that you get the strongest signal. It's a cool idea, but, man, it's 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 big. Like it's it, super, yeah. yeah. You, you couldn't just stick this in a closet somewhere. It, it would need to be it but, outside. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, on the roof. <laughs> yeah, but we're—I t- mean, we're talking about uh, what it looks like, but it does look cool. So if you had like you know a, a tech look in your house and and weren't married, uh, you could <laughs> you could probably you know put it on the on the coffee table yeah, or yeah. something. This could go right next to your uh, superhero statue collection. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Your, your PlayStation Five collection of games. I mean, we're laughing and. Uh, we're looking behind you. Uh, that's but. a good point. I do have a giant <laughs> Mega Man back there. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with one, two, three, four, five signed Star Trek pictures is making fun of uh, people. Oh, the irony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I bought the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right yeah. No, actually, I don't think it's for sale. I, I, I do believe this is just a proof of concept. I don't know that it'll ever go to market, but uh, but it's, it's, it's cool. <laughs> is, this, is this a technology that you could see uh, being used in other applications? That kind of follow me? Maybe. So I, I always worry about moving parts, mm. right? Mm-hmm. To me, moving parts equal increased, what does it mean, time between failure, MTBF? Mm. Uh, so... I would be hesitant to put something in there like this. When you do a wireless access point, you want it to be set it and forget it. You install it in the ceiling and then you just ignore it. Yeah. This this will likely have problems mm. eventually, especially since it's it's likely constantly moving. Is that part of the second law of thermodynamics where it's like all ordered systems are headed toward a state of decay? Well, yeah. especially, <laughs> especially if you have a cat. Yes. <laughs> or a two-year-old. <laughs> or a two-year-old, yeah. 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 Just all of a sudden yeah. you... Hear a crash and it's not moving anymore. Yeah, you're like, oh, it wasn't expensive. It does look really cool. It would look <laughs> great on the shelves behind oh, yeah. us. So uh, we might have to reach it up to MSI. Yeah, yeah but then we'd have to just be yeah. moving with the new 4090. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Just bundle that. Maybe get some. <laughs> yeah. Money off. But I could I could see this in a different form, making it into commercial routers. We, you, most commercial uh, wireless access points have the antennas internal, right? Mm-hmm. Not external antennas. So if you look at our, we have like Meraki stuff here in the building. Um, so the antennas are all inside of the case, but they could be moving inside of the case. Yeah. Now it's at least a, a closed system, which would be less likely to fail. Yeah, you don't need to see it, I guess. Yeah. But in this case, it's that's that's the point because it's a it's a fun design. Yeah, it's neat thing. I like it. All right. Uh, that was it that came out of CES. Uh, it was those four things. No, I'm sure there were a lot of TVs that oh. roll into a ball. and uh, yeah. yeah, VR headsets, TVs, uh, lots of health tech stuff, urinalysis things. Um, uh, what, uh, what, what's that? Yeah. Uh, CES has actually become a showcase for... Um, Intimacy devices, that's no. become a big thing there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that's like its own section. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, that's a so, behind the velvet yeah. rope. We don't uh, we don't report we don't on that stuff here on Technate All the Green Door. And that uh, follows you as well. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, I left you at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Roomba, but <laughs> way more invasive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we should take a break. Uh, we've got a lot more news to get to because that's just the CES stuff. We still have the regular stuff uh, coming up right after this here on TechNATO. Welcome to IT Pro TV, an e-learning company with thousands of hours of engaging video training for IT professionals with fresh content added daily. What makes IT Pro TV stand out? It all starts with our edutainers who create better than classroom experiences for training you look forward to watching. So an edutainer is someone who takes a topic, an, an educational topic, and makes it more fun, enjoyable. My vision for ITPro TV was to make the product that I wish I had when I got started. The dashboard is great because you can actually pick up right where you left off. You can also end up seeing new courses that are available to you, and with a membership you have access to a variety of study tools. Follow along with virtual labs and test your skills with practice tests. And unlike traditional training, you aren't handcuffed to your desk. Sure, you can watch from there or from your couch with Apple TV and Roku apps or from anywhere with mobile apps. The training is even available for download. 
If you're ready to watch and learn with the IT pros, check out the flexible membership choices online today at www.itpro.tv. Do you know what's better than being an IT Pro TV member? Being a member for free. Hi, I'm Dom Pazette, co-founder and edutainer here at IT Pro TV. Once you sign up for an IT Pro TV personal membership subscription, you'll automatically be part of our referral program. Then all you have to do is share your personal referral link and code with your friends and colleagues. Every time one signs up, you get money off your subscription. Sign up enough and your membership is free. That's right, access to all your favorite IT training totally free. Kind of feels like stealing, doesn't it? Check out the link below to learn how to get your code and start sharing today. All right, welcome back to TechNado. And uh, yeah, we've, we've wrapped up our CES coverage. We've covered LastPass again. Uh, and so it's <laughs> time to get to some new stuff finally. Yes. And uh, let's go ahead and take a look at our first article, which comes to us from Slashdot. Dot org MacBook owners have two months to claim up to $395 over butterfly keyboard woes. And so uh, this was a, a class action suit, right, that, that yep. is wrapping up? Yeah, and once it reached class action status, it applied to everybody. So, like, I, I got wrapped up in this one because of uh, numerous laptops that I had Because you invented like, the butterfly. No. Oh. Uh, no. Okay. Because, you know, there would be times, it, normally we order our company laptops through CDW or, or one of our resellers, wholesalers whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, but uh, every now and then we need one in a hurry. And so I would just run down to Best Buy and buy it on a credit card and, uh, and get it available that way. So, uh, so I got the notice from them. And if you, if, if you don't use Macs, you probably don't remember this, but if you used a Mac and you had a butterfly keyboard, you absolutely remember it because it's the worst keyboard ever included on a <laughs> laptop ever. It made the keys have a really low profile, which looked cool. I mean, it looked neat. It was all flat, but, if the tiniest grain of sand managed to get under a key, that was it. The key stopped working. Pet so, dander. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And and so some people, um, I don't know, Peter, did you have one? I don't think I did. I did. I had one. You Did Did you have any keys get stuck? Wow. How many? Uh, just one. Just one. Okay. And then I just bashed on it until it broke whatever's underneath there. And then, oh, you fixed it yourself. Yeah. You smashed yeah. the right. sand. Yeah. Well, I, I had one that lost a key and had to send it in to get it repaired. Yeah. Uh, there was another employee who had one that had to go back twice because of it. Wow. Uh, ultimately, had three keys get affected. And so in the settlement that was set up for this, uh, Apple, Apple, it, it, they settled. So it's not like yeah. they admitted they guilt admit, or whatever. No wrong. Um, yeah. Like we but just want this to go away. <laughs> they basically created a $50 million fund to refund people for their inconvenience. Now, they covered the butterfly keyboard under warranty. So it's not like people had a financial loss here, but there was time and inconvenience, and it was inconvenient. Uh, you know, this was form over function. Yeah, let me ask you this, uh, because I heard uh, Anthony Sequera, friend of the show, mm -hmm. uh, talking with Ronnie Wong about this the other day, and I heard uh, something that I know now to be false, um, that that Anthony said, so I want to confirm the second oh. part because he said, uh, "Yeah, you you can get up to uh, up to two thousand dollars back for your uh, for your thing," which this says no, not true, That's <laughs> not true. Yep, fake news. Um, but but he <laughs> said it only applies to people who took their laptop in at some point to an authorized Apple service center. That is true. That is true. That is true. Yep. And if you didn't complain about it. You had the Apple keyboard. You, you said, hey, I'm fine. Then you're... Or took it to someone that was not uh, a certified and Apple. And you get no recourse. Okay. Yep. And I'm trying to find it on the website. So I, I got the email from the settlements holder, uh, and it has the information in there. Uh, on the website, I'm not finding it. They actually have a website set up for this, keyboardsettlement.com. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but basically... typing that in with your butterfly keyboard, losers. Yeah. The amount of money you get back is contingent upon how many times you took the laptop in from warranty service. So... Like mine that I only took in once, I, I forget what my settlement thing would be. It's like 95 bucks or something. Okay. And then if you took it in twice, it's a little bit more. And if you took it in three times, that's when you get to that $395 maximum return. So not everybody is qualified for the highest level. So there's these three groups, and you'll fall into either group one, group two, or group three. Uh, since I purchased multiple laptops, I actually fall into group one and group two. Okay. Uh, but I don't like none of ours made it to group three. We didn't have any laptops go back three times. Gotcha. Uh, so I, I don't know how many people will fall into there. Yeah, but it's funny because Ronnie was saying, I'm not going to even worry about it. And, and Anthony was saying, well, I will fill out the paperwork for you for a cut. 
Uh, <laughs> so n- now I'm curious if he's going to still do that when we find yeah. it's only uh, potentially $95. What do you think? If Anthony went to prison, what would his job be? <laughs> right? Like... I feel like, like his he's official the job. Like, or so the, you need like a dozen eggs? I'll get them. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's red. From, yeah, uh, exactly. He, he, if you need something, he'll find it for you. I always think of uh, uh, was it Peterson in Green Braids? Oh, he he was yes, the scrounger. Yes. Like you know, you need a hundred oh, sheets yeah, of corrugated the last steel. Time you saw that movie? You probably watched it recently. I have watched oh, yeah, it recently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I watch it probably every other year. Oh yeah, so, it's, yeah it's, a, a, it's just one that kind of fell off my radar. I got to rewatch that. Yeah, but I. I kind of fall in Ronnie's camp on this one. I, I it's really not worth. It. I, I don't like participating in class action suits because it's usually just a way for attorneys to get money. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not participating doesn't do any favors there, right? Because the <laughs> it's not like the extra money disappears. It just goes yeah, back just, to give it to the lawyers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the the reason we wanted to mention it here on the show is that if you are going to participate in this there is a deadline the deadline is february 10th if you do not submit paperwork for it by february 10th you will automatically exclude yourself so that is uh you know less than less than a month from now so you've got four and a half weeks to fill out that paperwork if you want to get that settlement now if i still have one of those computers lying around and i take it in now and then take it in again next week. Am I getting <laughs> myself up to the next tier? No, unfortunately, they they cut it off in 2019. Ah. And I'm going on eBay buying up old butterfly keyboards. Apple did stop selling the butterfly keyboards, and so that's where they where they terminated it. And so it's a, a small window of time, 2015 through 2019. Gotcha. All right. Oh well, I tried. Anything, anything <laughs> to get a value effort. Fifty million dollar <laughs> pot. All right, well, let's move on to our next article, which is actually uh, from Amazon's own blog at aws.amazon.com. Amazon S3 encrypts new objects by default. Um, that's nice of them. Are these objects that I would want them to encrypt, like my LastPass username and password? <laughs> if you store it in an S3 bucket. <laughs> uh, you know, S3 buckets have been a target of attackers for a long time. Yes. I think a couple of times a year we'll report on such and such company gets breached because they have a non-secured S3 bucket. Yeah, I don't know what the words mean, but when, when you guys say there's a breach, I'll, I'll ask... Oh, was it an SQL uh, injection or was it a, an open S3 bucket? Yeah. I don't know what either means. Pretty common. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you're, you're certainly not wrong there. But in this case, uh, it, it's Amazon taking steps to try and make those buckets more secure. So if you try and make a bucket public, non-secured, you get all sorts of warnings now versus way back in the day where they just defaulted to public. So that's a, <laughs> a nice change. Uh, but also they've had support for encrypting objects in S3. It just wasn't on by default now. It is. So if you go and create a brand new S3 bucket today and start dumping data in there, it's going to encrypt the data for you. Now, you might ask yourself, how does it do that automatically if I didn't set it up? And the reason is it's using their SSE3 technology, which stands for server-side encryption. Now, I want to bring that up here because this is important. Server-side encryption means this is not a, a unknown key. Amazon has your private key because they made it. They're making the key on there and they're storing it. And so your data is encrypted, but you're not the only one that has access to it. Amazon employees would have access to it. Now, if an attacker were to steal Amazon equipment or Amazon improperly disposed of some equipment. As they do. I'm just kidding. I don't know. knows, right? Because it's completely (laughs) opaque to us. That's true. uh, That we have to trust them. But in this case, it helps to alleviate that. But if if you're... S3 bucket was not encrypted, they would have access to that as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, I guess so this data way. would then be encrypted. Uh, What's that data? It depend, I, my eyesight's not oh, good enough oh, to read the so, metadata oh, you've so got there. Sorry. Daniel, Daniel, for those of you who don't know, likes everything in a six-point <laughs> font. <laughs> Six-pitch? What is a point? Yeah, yeah point. He can fit all the words on his computer. Uh, yeah. So All this, like... Stuff uh, would be an encrypted. You know, that's a really good question, Daniel, because that's metadata, right? Yeah. So the the object name is just a key. So it's a it's a yeah. metadata tag. Yeah. The the location, the bucket. Uh, I think that would still just be secured by their roles and permissions. Mm. Uh, so when they say they're encrypting the objects, I don't think that includes the metadata. Uh, let's. I'll see if I can find that yeah, out real quick while we're on the show. But I I don't recall reading anything that said it was. Um, Actually, the word metadata does not occur at all in Amazon's article, so I'm going to have to assume no. a, until proven <laughs> later. Uh, but the the object data itself, so, so the binary blob, that's what's all encrypted. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Good that, to know. That is what they are claiming. Um, 
it's it's better than nothing, and it checks a box, right? If you ever had to fill out a privacy form that said, do you encrypt your data at rest? You could check that here. Yeah, yeah. it's encrypted at rest. Nice. But if you really want it to be secure, you'd use a key that even Amazon didn't have, right? And their yeah. key management server lets you do that, where you can generate your own enterprise keys that Amazon doesn't have access to. So now. basically, they're they're encrypting your encrypted stuff. Yes, double encrypt. Yep. That's the way to fly. Right double there. double secret probation. Because in the past, <laughs> you know, uh, while while an S three bucket was open by default, you could encrypt it, but you would do, do that on your own, where you'd have the key and Amazon wouldn't. Yeah, and if you did it that way, in order for somebody to access the data, you would have to have some mechanism to decrypt it to provide to the users. So you had complete control. If somebody got unauthorized access, they would have no way to view that data. Gotcha. Yep. So, uh, so it's it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing. It's a good. Yeah, it's uh, a good step. They're promoting the hell out of it, so you know, we'll see this posted at a bunch of places. It's not as great as it could be, but better than nothing. All right. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> What's important. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have less breaches. We'll see. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a look at our next article, which is going to show us this week, Who Got Pwned? Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah! It was an open S3 bucket. No, it's, <laughs> uh, this is different. Uh, this one is uh, from nakedsecurity.sophos.com. I didn't know that. Oh, is that that's the name of their? Their, their blog is called Naked oh, Security. Oh, okay. Okay. I was thinking of it. Hack naked. All right. Uh, Circle CI, uh, code building service, suffers total credential compromise. That sounds, that's like the worst thing <laughs> you could read. Not as fast as like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were the ones yeah. hacking them to try to yeah. get that. Like, we've got this. Do through a compromised LastPass password. <laughs> Son of a... Yeah, so how, how did this happen, and, and, and what does this mean for users? All right. Uh, so this one, this one is bad. And honestly, th this is where I'm glad that I'm not a real journalist because I, I, I don't think I'd be able to resist my headline, which would be Ooh. Circle CI changes name to Circle CF. <laughs> it's a total That's Charlie so Foxtrot. Uh, but uh, <laughs> a total circle Charlie Foxtrot. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's even better. Right? I didn't think of that part. So yeah. All right. I, I got another career here somewhere. Yeah. As a snarky yeah. headline. A writer. Writer. Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll get a job with Fark or yeah, somebody like that. Say like uh, the onion. Ice. Except this stuff's Vice new is or this is <laughs> this real. Is real. Yeah. Yeah. Buzzfeed. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Ten things you didn't know about Circle CI. Sacramento B. So Circle CI. Speaking of ten things you didn't know, if you have no idea who Circle CI is, don't yeah. feel too bad. Raise my hand. Uh, yeah. So CI, the idea of continual, uh, continuous integration, continuous, continuous, continuous yeah. uh, is that when you develop software, you write the code, you have to compile the code for various platforms, and you may or may not have all those platforms available, right? So. I might be writing a application that I intend to run on x86 or 64-bit Intel processors, but there's Dells and Lenovo's and all, all sorts of different vendors that are out there. There's AMD processors that are compatible. That, you know, I, I don't know all the processors that are out there, especially in the ARM world where there's so many different variations of ARM. So what CircleCI does is you can write your code and upload it into their build system where they'll compile it for all of the different platforms and test it. And if there's an error in compilation, they'll return that back to you and let you know. But otherwise, if it passes, you've now built for all these platforms and you didn't have to own all that equipment yourself. It's a good service. That's something mm -hmm. that really benefits developers and makes software available on more platforms than would, would normally be available. It's such a good service that a lot of people use it. And it has become a critical part of a developer's workflow, especially for uh, small dev teams that just don't have the bandwidth to test all these devices. Well, they had a breach. And the details of the breach haven't fully come out as far as I'm aware, but the attackers were able to basically get everything. And they're, the, the, the way the... Uh, releases have been and the information that's come out indicates the attackers may well not have just gotten encrypted passwords, but actually have the access keys and other information needed to access the platform. If an attacker can gain access to your build platform, they can modify your code and build the application as you signed with whatever security features and publish it. And it would show us coming from you. Well, the good news is this is a bunch of mom and pop shops, right? Yeah, <laughs> they they have some big customers. Uh, did they post a customer list anywhere? I don't think they did. That, that would be catastrophic at this point, I think. So. <laughs> Needless to say, 
some really, really big companies use CircleCI. Uh, I think in that industry, they're one of the number one vendors. If you look on their own website, they tell you who they work with. Oh, Google, HashiCorp, Condé Nast, Asana, Peloton. Do I have to I mean, change my password again? That's a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just changed. <laughs> no, but you, you have to wonder if you can trust applications you download. Yes. Like Condé Nast, uh, I think they own half the, yeah, the magazines, magazines and, and travel publications and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you have... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some, I don't do travel magazines, but if you have some Condé Nast magazine app on your phone, sure. Yeah. how do you know if it was safely <laughs> built or if it was you know run through this process? It's a big deal. This this one's pretty yeah, bad. You just got to take people on good faith. That's what I like to do. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> trust them. Yeah. I call it, I call it uh, all the trust. Yeah. They're doing the, the best they trust. can, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, it, trust as I can. it yeah. makes me worry. And, and Daniel, you probably have a unique perspective on this because you did that OWASP top 10 training. Yeah. Uh, uh, you created that I training create to teach developers. Developers don't always think about security. <laughs> and, and and even when they do, sometimes it's hard for a developer to understand how risky some of the stuff is they put out. Right? Well, because the mindset can kind of start to be like, well, they'll never do that. Right? You'll never see this. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you can see this. They just didn't think about it being in that. You know that way. That's why people that do you know bounty hunting or whatever that look at projects, or if you're an ethical hacker for a corporation, where your job is to kind of follow through from inception to development through integration all all the way to the end, is you're looking for those odd angles that the developers aren't thinking of. It's like stop trusting users. Just stop doing it. I don't know why you continue to do this. But it's really hard to make that. Yes, I know it's more work for you. But then we don't have things like this, right? Yeah. So yes, it's more difficult. Done is not better than perfect in this kind of situation. Security is paramount. You must take that into account. Stop putting things in that will allow for manipulations like this. Yeah, now what makes this one what will probably go down is one of the worst breaches of this year, which is funny to talk about after the last pass is debacle, <laughs> right. right? But they like I said they are as the bar and was set. LastPass will probably say, well, that was 2022. That was, that was 2022, yeah. baby. So in, in 2023, yeah. so far, this is the worst one. <laughs> that was Q3 2022. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason is you have to think of how developers would use this platform. So in order to build the code, CircleCI has to have access to the code, right? So you would get an API key or an access key from GitHub and put that in CircleCI. Well, that's been compromised. And so if the attackers got into CircleCI, they now have access to your GitHub. And if you're running on-prem on GitHub, maybe you've given CircleCI access to your on-prem environment. Attackers can actually use that to leapfrog into your own environment. That's the danger that we have here. And in CircleCI's own announcement, they've asked people to please rotate, this is the quote, please rotate any and all secrets stored in CircleCI. That means the secrets for any platform that you've got integrated into it. That's the danger. Of, of build platforms like these and how risky like DevOps is risky business mm. and and this really shows it. It's funny, you know, we we push to go to these single sign-on platforms to these you know um, service type platforms where you, oh you do it for me and everything's there and everybody's using it. And I remember I think we were talking about this with the last best the first time I heard this kind of idea I was like, I mean it sounds great, but what happens if someone gets in? Well, you know then. You know, oh, it's cats and dog, dogs living together. It's total anarchy. It's it's not good at that point. Okay, well now we're starting to see that more often. Yep. Yeah. I think I have identified the company that is having the the worst week uh, because I Did went to have? Circle CI's website and they have uh, they have their list of case studies, and uh, on that list all the the companies they work with. Um, Coinbase is on there. Yeah. Uh, so, so not only were they affected by that, uh, they've announced today that they're uh, laying off 20% of their workforce. <laughs> and uh, six days ago, they uh, reached a $100 million settlement uh, with the New York financial regulators uh, hmm. for shady practices. So, yeah, that's a bad shady week. Practices. But after all that, now they've got to worry about their Circle CI data. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, the challenge of these platforms. Uh, now, to CircleCI's credit, they did release a tool that you can use. Uh, it's a script you can pull up from GitHub and run it that will search your entire CircleCI environment and reveal every 
uh, key that you've got stored in there, so you know what to go and reset and I change. Get my hands on that tool. I know it kind of <laughs> it, it sounds a little risky, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's your own account. Yeah. So that it helps you identify the keys that are stored in Circle CI to replace them. Open source uh, tool. Uh, it is. Yeah, it's on GitHub. Yeah, you can go, go and find it. Uh, I just need to modify it a little uh, bit. All you have to do is put your API key in. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's easy. <laughs> Are they sure yeah. that that email came from Circle C? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be the icing on the cake right, right there, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> it's a, it's a thre- inside actor, right? I like, just changed my password. Oh, man. Uh, man, yeah, that would be that would be pretty bad. Uh, yeah. You ever, <laughs> you ever see that meme of uh, Homer Simpson? It's like, how bad can things get? Like, Or how bad did you mess this up? And it's him. He's got like a chef's hat on. He's got milk in one hand and cereal in the other, and the bowl is on fire. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's what I see. Figured here. out a way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a way that you might be able to avoid problems like this by <laughs> learning from the best. Uh, and that's starting today, uh, Thursday, January 12th. Uh, with our All Things Cybersecurity webinar with the one and only John Hammond uh, joining Daniel Lowry. That's taking place at 2 p.m. Eastern time uh, where you can ask all the questions that are on your mind uh, and get the advice from those experts. And don't worry if you're listening to this later, that will be archived and you can check that out over at itpro.tv slash webinars where you can register for that and all of our other webinars. There's also another one coming up uh, the following week, uh, Thursday, January 19th, kickoff 2023 three in IT. It's a hot career option for a reason. That's with our own West Bryan and Anthony Sequera uh, as well. So check that one out, itpro.tv slash webinars. And then head over to technado.com and you can see all of our recent episodes. You can leave us some feedback. You can, uh, what else can you do? You can buy some merch uh, and you can click the big orange button that says sponsored by IT Pro. And that's going to uh, give you a coupon code for 30% off of your personal membership. And you can also request a team trial and uh, and get a demo and get the team in there and see see what they think of IT Pro and, and the training there and see how it works for you before you sign up. So always a good thing over at technado.com. All right. I mean, two weeks into to 2023 and the, the, the breaches. Yeah. Just, it's intimidating. Yeah. Uh, you know, is it just going to keep getting worse? Uh, very well could. I mean, for our ratings, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for my data, uh, not so much. Yeah, but, yeah. But, not uh, so much. Yeah. Dangerous world out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two factor. Stay Three classy. Factor. Yeah. <laughs> All the factors. Wear your rain boots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And belt and suspenders. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week right here on Technado.